0: This is idle inspiration, the podcast about finding our next favorite role playing game or building it tonight. We're going to be finding it hopefully. Mm -hmm. So I've invited uh, Seth back here, um, to, uh, teach me how to play pathfinder second edition. So, uh, Seth has been, uh, zealously evangelizing this game (laughs) for a while now. Um, so I, I thought this would be a a good opportunity to do an episode, uh, see what the game's all about. Um, I'm mostly familiar with, um, uh, like obviously, D anD D Five E is what we've been mm-hmm. playing for a long time. But then before that, I was really familiar with three point five, um, and also by extension, Pathfinder One E. Mm-hmm. Um, so, have not really checked out Second Edition at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it's a different beast from any of those things that I've just mentioned. So,
1: that, and that being um, said, I'm not very familiar with three point five nor Pathfinder One E. So, if something it makes sense to you, you're like, I, oh, I already know that. Cool. Yeah, maybe it'll, I don't.
0: Maybe I'll connect.
1: Yeah, I for, I don't I don't really have that. Cross path. I mainly know five e and Pathfinder two e. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, but first, before we started off with that, I figured I'd go in a little bit of why I learned Pathfinder.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And I think it's
0: the same. <laughs> For a reason- second there, when you put your when you clasp your hands together, I was like, eh, "But first, let's pray." <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: I don't fall asleep. No, I'm I'm a little tired, but it's fine. So, um, I think uh, well, so to start off with, uh, another property that Wizards of the Coast own is Magic the Gathering, and I also used to play. Magic Gathering a lot. I still kind of like it. There's, if you can tell, there's magic cards all over my table right now. Just He just kind of likes it, you know? Just Well, actually, bit. but here, the thing is that they're there to be sold. So <laughs> I'm getting rid of them. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I used to play a lot of magic. used to play a lot of, uh, play a lot, played a lot of D&D too. i played, played D&D for a while now, on and off for almost 10 years. I think the first time I played was like 11 years ago, but that was 3.5. I don't remember much of it. Point being is, WotC started getting weird with Magic the Gathering, like with as soon as like Modern Horizons 2, honestly, even past Modern Horizons 1, I don't care about a lot of magic cards that come out. And so I kind of got to the point where I never want to come back to some of them, hence the piles of magic cards I'm trying to get rid of. And then when the OGL debacle happened with with this, I was like, you know what? I'm kind of tired of Wizards of the Coast right now. And honestly, it seems like they're not getting better in certain aspects, so. I figured, you know, like everyone else, hey, there's another game called Pathfinder. Let's learn it. And and that gets to my first point of the great thing about Pathfinder. We won't go to the site right now, but the fact of the matter is everything except for Adventure Pass is free online. Pretty much everything. And it sounds like, yep. obviously, third-party content that's not officially yep. delivered by Paizo. Everything is free free like if i want to figure out if i want the rules for like the guns and gears book no that what's the one that came out recently i can't i can't think off the top of my head but guns and gears for example is a book all about guns machinery that kind of stuff and it made uh i don't know if I remember if it made the gunslinger class or just added to the gunslinger class but a couple of days later it's free of it's free on archives of Nethys, and that is just it's great i know there's obviously because that's one thing that always gets But that always got me when I that when I was playing a when I started a play group with D&D 5e, I told them, hey, guys, I'm going to limit us to the core rulebook because I don't want to feel like I don't want people to feel like they have to go out and buy a bunch of books just to play the game. And when we switched over to Pathfinder, I'm like, play whatever the frick you want. I don't care. It's free online. Anyone can play anything. I did buy a Dragonborn rulebook for a friend who really wanted to play Dragonborn still. And they actually, for some reason, don't have Dragonborn class built in. I don't know why exactly, they just don't, but there's a third party book for it. Uh, to start off with building a character though, and let me pull this out so it's a little easier to see both at the same time. We are going to use a character builder called Path Builder. It's at pathbuilder2e.com. And Caleb, do you have it pulled up right now? I do indeed. Okay, it, owl, and owl, I won't lie. Starting from scratch, Path Builder is a bit much. I will not lie. Once you kind of get what's going on, it makes a lot more sense. So bear with me on this. it is that does. There are a lot of options, which is great, but it's also kind of <laughs> at first. So you had messaged me earlier and I did a little bit of prep. Not actually too much, you gave me a really simple um, a really something really simple to make, but you said you wanted to just build a simple paladin character uh, some a human elf or Asimar noble paladin character. So to start off with at the top, you will see ancestry. So go ahead and click that. And you will see your options now. Um, pretty much anything in character building that Pathfinder has it has your common, uncommon, rare. It's pretty much an easy way for the DM for the DMs to say, Hey, this is something that was probably gonna be rare. Let's not use this. It's so the common ones are you know, dwarf, elf, gnome, goblin, halfling, human. You have some uncommon ones too, and then the rare ones get really weird, like something called a flesh warp. Android, okay. Yeah, I'm changing everything. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. There's <laughs> a there's a ton of stuff out there, like some of these are weird, but one one I, I really want a
0: skeleton
1: yes oh we're gonna get to some weird stuff so these are all the valid races technically all exist some of them like uh dragon you'll if you see in the rare slots dragon is third party it's from battles to ancestry dragons but like, even here like it's free it's accessible it's awesome that this kind of stuff is
0: but wait you're they- playing a dragon dragon
1: yes but it's essentially <laughs> dragonborn if okay. you look at like if you look at the actual supplement it's just pretty much a dragonborn. Okay. Um so okay. ancestry and I'm going to be do- a lot of how I'm going to be explaining this is comparing this to how you would be building a character in D&D 5e. So in this case ancestry it's your race. It's it's pretty simple one to one. It's just your race. It gives you your size, your speed, your ability boosts and flaws which we'll get into later and your languages. And some have extra features. For example, like if for, for example dragons do have uh, okay i thought they had a breath wipe, breath weapon but this one doesn't list it that might be a thing you actually take as a feat later but you had mentioned a human so let's go ahead and click common let's go with human
0: yeah that seems to go fit ahead, the best for paladin
1: yes Oh, honestly that's the thing so far it really you can do whatever you want and kind of as long as you pick your boosts you can kind of just make things work granted I don't have a ton of experience with this. <laughs> like, I as, I haven't gotten to play as much as I wish I did. So yes, there are those ones that just work better, like anything. But you can be a human bard. You could be a dragon bard. It really just like dandy. You can do that, and generally you'll be fine if you just play it well um next we'll go ahead and click on background it's it's the same as dnd backgrounds it's pretty much the exact same thing uh it's more flavor but it does give you your ability boosts your skill trainings and Time sometimes even traveler feats. yes <laughs> this there's a lot of them on here there's even if you look a clockwork researcher which you i know have a bit of an affinity for <laughs> mm-hmm. but one it actually does have and like i said there's a ton of them on here But one of them actually does have is just Noble, which you had mentioned. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead and just click that. But yeah, there's a ton of them. There's Noble Genealogy and Noble Heraldry. It really just depends on whether you get a, which kind of lore skill you get, whether it's genealogy or heraldry. I see, I see. Given what you have, maybe genealogy would make more sense. I don't know. This is just a dummy character we're just kind of throwing together. But yeah, Um, these will, like I said, these will give you what you're called, your boosts, certain skill trainings, skill proficiencies, essentially. And sometimes extra stuff, but th- there's there's a ton of them. We won't go through every single option. Yeah. And okay. last is your class. Well, last. It, it's your class. Not, not exactly last, but in this sense. Um, a lot of these are pretty much one-to-one. There's some of them that do not exist in D&D. There's some odd ones. Like One like uh, Kineticist, which is essentially kind of like the avatar
0: yeah
1: or or air or like benders from that there's one called Mm. the um thamater no 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 where's what i'm thinking of i'm not seeing it on this list the investigator you're essentially playing a detective nice i don't know how they work because i've never gotten a chance to really play one but as you will notice there actually is not something called a paladin 100 it is actually under something called champion yes is that similar to a previous addition no i so
0: I, I, that's usually the turn like so i've uh um been looking at uh advanced fifth edition uh it's a game called uh. level up um which uh, they they also do a similar thing where they I, I don't know if they name it champion but that's i i'm familiar with the sort of names that people pick for the paladin class if they don't mm-hmm. want to name it paladin
1: <laughs> actually and we'll we'll get to it later but just not yet and so far, a lot of this has been very similar. You see um, on the class, you get your your ability, your, it tells you what your key ability is right there, hit points, perceptions, saving throws, all that kind of stuff, all that jazz. Typical as usual, we'll go from there. From here, we're actually going to skip a little bit to something else. We're going to jump down to heritage because it relates pretty closely to the things we've talked about before. And here is where things, in my opinion, get fun. Because you know how like in D&D 5e, you have tieflings, you have half orcs, you have stuff like that. In this, you can be a half orc, half asm azim- oh, oh, actually, let's, this is my favorite example. You can be a tiefling elf, you can be a tiefling puppet, you can be a tiefling mm-hmm. dragon. That's something that I really enjoy about this system is that you can really just mix things up in ways that aren't really possible in this. Granted, if they don't work in your world, they don't exactly make sense. But another one example you had mentioned being a human half elf, or one option is you can actually be part human and part azimar.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna do that. I'll go I'll and go I don't know
1: exactly what that gives you. I think it just gives you
0: it gives me the you, azimar trait, which I don't know what that does. Uh traits are low light vision or dark vision if I already have low light vision, and then I can choose from azimar feats and feats from my ancestry ancestry.
1: Traits are thing we will not be delving into with this because that's where you get into the weeds of the uh, but yeah, this is, Heritage is essentially your subrace. It sure, gives you yeah. certain abilities like dark vision. A lot of, lot of people, a lot of things have dark vision in Pathfinder or at least some sort of low light vision. So far, everything is simple. Let's jump into set abilities. This is where things kind of diverge a little bit more. So in D&D 5e, generally what you're doing is roll 46, drop the lowest, which you can do in this. But one thing I like about the system is it really encourages you to use your boosts um and your your boosts sometimes flaws and actually pick where your stats go as opposed to doing it. It's not like point by and it's not like your standard array. It's literally a, you have a certain amount of boost you can pick, put them in certain areas to best fit your class. So that way you're not at the whims of the dice and you're not going to have that one person who's just overpowered because they happen to roll two 18s. You're not going to have the person who's really underpowered because they rolled a bunch of sixes. You have very specific points where you can just say, I want my boosts here, here, and here. So you'll get boosts, uh, some, and you'll get your boosts from your ancestries. Sometimes ancestries also come from flaws. For example, Puppets, which are little tiny, tiny doll people, actually get a flaw in dexterity. So they automatically get minus two there. But it means they also get an extra boost somewhere else, which is fun. So you have your ancestry boosts, your background boost, your class boosts, and then for free boosts, you can just pick wherever you want. Now, as a champion, your two Our key ability all plus one. They're all plus
0: two. Okay. Oh, okay. Yes. Um. Are you sure. Uh. I, wait. Oh, I see. I see. Yeah. 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 They are. Yep. I, I think that's the case. I'm, i might be remembering. I think, it's oh, saying, yes. It's they're all plus two. plus one. But I, I obviously that's the bonus next to the. Yeah, yes. I, I, I see they're well.
1: all plus the uh, every boost you pick is plus two up until eighteen. After eighteen, every boost you put in one adds plus one.
0: Okay. Makes sense. So
1: it makes it so you the, the more points you want to put in stuff the harder it gets to actually make it stronger yep. and i haven't played i my my current pathfinder campaign on the second level so i haven't gotten too far into the weeds mm-hmm. um your key abilities are going to be strength and dexterity so you'd likely want would want to have strength as an 18 or you'd want to have strength and bec- dexterity both as 16 that is generally what you want to do in Pathfinder you obviously you can you can change it up however you want but generally you, with the way this is set out you can always get your key ability to 16 or two key ability no your key ability to 18 or two key abilities to 16. so you will always have at least 118 or two 16s if you're doing things right
0: okay so let's let's back up a little bit um okay. so my my initial idea with this character I'm, ba- I'm basically just trying to create a, a character from uh my uh helper universe uh in this okay. just you know for fun uh, I was I was thinking more straight charisma paladin sort of thing. What mm. what do I do I what class should I do if I want that sort of thing? Like you could potentially force a personality it. more oh. more than anything.
1: I mean, you could potentially still do that. Here's the thing: if you want to be strength based, you could have your ancestry boost be strength, 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 and your ancestry boost also be charisma, and your background boost be charisma. And then if you put boost, can you see what I'm changing? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you say you want to put another boost in strength, another boost in charisma. You want some decks, and then maybe constitution. There you do have that. You have an 18 in strength, uh plus two con, plus oh plus one con, plus three charisma, plus one decks.
0: Now, is this a good character? I don't actually play. It looks like I'm I'm not seeing what you're changing, but that's fine.
1: Oh here Let me click finish. Let me click finish and go ahead and reload that. Essentially, what I did is I changed your ancestry boost to strength and charisma, your background boost to strength and charisma, and your class boost to strength. That means you have a paladin now, and then if you take your free boost and put them in strength, con, charisma, and dex, you have an 18 in strength, a 12 in dex, a 12 in con, a zero and zero wisdom, and a 16 in charisma. Whether this is the way you want to play a champion paladin, I honestly am not sure, but this is a way you could do that. Mm-hmm. There's obviously many ways you can play a character. Now- Let me, where... let me
0: take a quick, quick look real quick. Um... Oh, okay, I see. Yeah, so it says key ability on um on yeah. each of these classes, and in,
1: in I'm pretty sure it's strength or not strength. It's and... strength or dexterity. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, interesting. Interesting. I'm just I'm just glancing through real quick to see what, what the other ones are. No,
1: there's lots of classes. Um, I, if you wanted to have a person who was like a fighter with charisma, I can't think of off the top of my head. I'm I i do not have all of this memorized off the top of my head. There's a lot of yeah. different classes, it so you probably could. Like... F- and that and that is one thing. You don't have the thing in D&D 5e where any class can pretty much do anything you want. You can't have the bard fighter, you can't have the cleric barbarian sort of thing where you just have a you can't have the the joke class, the joke party of everyone plays a cleric and no one no one ever dies and everyone hits for a lot of damage. Every single class it's it's more every single class is more specialized. Your supporters are very supporty. Your fighters are, your big beaters are very big beady. And you don't have that kind of half sort of way where you play someone who just pretty much does everything. Granted, rogues are still your skill monkeys. So you still have that, but you don't, every class is a little more, for lack of a better word, segregated as to what they are good at. Mm -hmm. There's obviously pluses in that. Every You don't have the class that feels like they don't get to do their thing but you also have it so it's harder to do... Like, I had a a friend who wanted to play a cleric in Pathfinder 2e, and he's like, wait, clerics aren't fighters that also do healing? You can't have a war priest. It's just a war priest isn't going to do the kind of damage a fighter can do. So, you do have that kind of balance. and You do have that kind of balance in a sense of every class is better at what they do, but that means each class can't do everything.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm, I'm going to try making this character as a bard instead. Okay, um, and just see that, how that how that goes. That um,
1: is very much more force of personality. Yeah. Uh, just someone who's not going to necessarily be in the front of battle. Yeah, yeah. I did not prepare stuff for Bart. So we'll see how things go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, throwing you for a loop. Yeah, giving you a curveball. See how you right, handle exactly. it, you know? Uh, uh, Bard so if I'm see. if I'm doing Bard, like obviously charisma is best. Is yes, what in, that but, one uh, you're
1: going to be changing your abilities to be much more charisma
0: based. You could still have, have strain right now, but. Yeah, I was gonna say. I I think what I what I would like to try to play is basically a. I I like Bard for this because he's like yeah, force personality. Um, mm-hmm. has magical songs. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that all fits. But I do want him to be a martial sort of person as well. So mm. so strength strength like strength would be fun too. If you know if there's anything similar to like College of Swords Bard or whatever,
1: that might honestly be closer to a swashbuckler because swashbucklers are all about. They're kind, they are kind of like the pirate sort of thing, where your whole thing is you are fighting, but at the same time, you're doing, I think you're even doing quips, and you're doing like tumble throughs to stab people a little better. And I'm forgetting the actual name of the, what, let me give me a second. Archives of Nethus to the rescue. See, this is the thing. I can just Google it, and automatically I'm going to find what I need. So swashbucklers. Uh, your finishers, your flourish, your flourishes, your stances. Um, let me double check. So, swashbucklers are based on dexterity, but I think having a swashbuckler with charisma makes sense. Given one of my one of my players actually plays a swashbuckler, um, that might be more along the lines of it. They don't have songs, yeah, but it is more um, of that force of personality fighter.
0: I think you can still do a bard that does fighting. I yeah, I'm, I'm gonna try bard. Let's, yeah, let's, let's just see what,
1: see, what it, see what it does. And you um, okay? So
0: in that case, what what should I be do, doing? What should i do for my stats here charisma okay. obviously i think
1: but... honestly what you have um probably makes sense i'm not sure if strength or dexterity makes more sense because i know like finesse weapons and stuff like that i don't i'm not sure off the top of my head yeah i'm,
0: I'm planning on choosing probably long sword from that list there okay um if well, you have proficiency actually... uh, you
1: might not have proficiency with a long sword no I i'm do, not I sure do. um okay
0: i just i just looked but i actually might do I'm just, I'm I'm literally trying to recreate this character uh, just for, you know for funsies because uh, that that make, get lets me have a clear idea of what I'm doing. um mm-hmm. I'm gonna do dexterity instead. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe like that. So um, 12, 12 strength, twelve con, ten wisdom, sixteen dexterity, ten intelligence, and eighteen charisma.
1: I go ahead and click save. Like so check it, but yeah, that sounds about right. I think I did. Okay, I'm seeing. Uh, now dexterity is a little different and i don't know if there's things like i can't remember off the top of my head it is a little late if there's things like finesse weapons in pathfinder i believe there is i'm blanking on it for some reason right now <laughs> yeah <either laughs> Anyway, i think later. this is fine for now yeah. yeah um yeah that's the basic idea behind your cool. setting your abilities and stuff like that that's now there is skill training so skill trainings mm. is a lot like D 5e Oh, uh, no, it's it's like the five in that you have proficiencies. The thing is though, let me make sure I'm not you forgetting anything. Better at them. Yes. Uh, you can get better at them over time. So you have four levels of proficiency. Oh, five, technically five levels of proficiency. And if you count untrained. So if you're untrained in something, you just get plus zero. You're not training it. You just it's a flat roll. See how you do. Maybe even a actually flat roll plus your bonus, of course. Which is a potentially my minus, of course. Um A lot of them are pretty self-explanatory. Some of them get confusing, which I'm hoping the remaster will fix, but we'll get into that later. Um, You get extra skill trainings for every every plus one and int you have, intelligence you have, which is nice. It means intelligence isn't just a dump stat. Intelligence actually affects your skill trainings. Um, So you have five levels. You have untrained, trained, expert, master, and legendary. And each one of those adds an extra plus two to it. So if you're trained, You get plus two, expert plus four, master plus six, legendary plus eight. The thing is, though, if you are trained in something, you also add your level to that. So that means as you level up, you continually get better and better and better at those things. And that scales with just how leveling works. Pathfinder is a lot like that, where it's just you add your level to things because everything else also does the same thing with their levels, which makes balancing a lot simpler, which we'll get into later.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So yeah, a lot of these, a lot of the same acrobatics. Um, one thing that's a little different, um, magics are split into four different categories. I think yeah, four different categories it. now. Arcana, yeah. occult, divine, and primal, which I think is like mm-hmm. your nature sort of stuff. Arcana is your yeah. more magical stuff.
0: Yeah. Occult is witches and warlocks.
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. And divine is divine. Clerics. Yeah, yeah clerics. Um, so, But a lot of these, they're they're what you think they are. They're exactly what they sound like. The one difference is lore. Lore is this is where things get a little confusing for me because <laughs> it's not a thing I do a lot. But a lot of monsters, if you have a lore in something specific, and they have that role about them, you can essentially roll on lore to figure more about more out about that monster. Does that make any sense? Because I feel like that didn't make sense coming out of my mouth. So,
0: uh, no, that seems fine. Yeah.
1: So, say for example, you have lore occultism and a specific monster has an occultism, like has lore occultism 13. That means if you roll 13 on an occultism against that monster, you can find out whatever the DM decides exactly about that specific monster. It's essentially a way to do, um, instead of just having a base like, oh, do a nature check, I guess, because that, I guess, is kind of what makes it, this has specific things like that. Hey, if you have a lore- monster,
0: if you know about this, yeah.
1: Yes, if you have have lore about this specific area, you can roll, and if you roll this, you can find out about that monster. So lores are important. Honestly, I should use them more in my games. I forget. Um, but yeah, the proficiencies are proficiencies. You select them how you want, and we'll go from there. Uh, next is saves. Um, save, I'm guessing this is a lot really similar to how things were pre-5e. You have your fortitude, your reflex, and your will save, your constant, which is constitution-based, dex-based, wisdom-based. I don't even have more notes on it. That's pretty much it. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, that's how 3.5 was. So, And yeah.
1: similarly, you can be trained, expert, mas- um, master, and legendary. Next is your ancestry feats. And this is another thing that's very different than things are in 5e. Every At every single level, you get a feat. As you, if you kind of scroll down on the left, you can actually see this is kind of a way to plan out your character. This goes all the way from level 1 to level 20. And you'll see at every single level, you are getting some sort of feat. Now, from what I understand, feats are better at lower levels and higher levels, which is kind of unfortunate. But if you click on your Ancestry Feat, for example, there's a ton of things you can do. Yep. Well, okay, not, not, as, not as many because actually past that, there are certain levels. But these are all the level one feats you can essentially take. This is where character customization gets ridiculous. There is a joke um, with all the feats and stuff and all the character creation you can get. A valid level i don't know what level character this character has to be but is technically a valid character to play a and i'm going to read this verbatim a time-traveling half vampire four-legged ghost possessed doll with a gun and juggling skills that is a valid pathfinder character because of just all the things you can do via ancestry feats via your class your sub your subclass and stuff like that these are all the sort of things you can come up with and and that's this is one thing I this is one thing that really gets me about the system. Obviously they are always going to be your best feats. But if you if you build one bard and like if you build a bard in 5e and then build them again, chances are they're going to have same things that overlap like usual. But if you play one bard in Pathfinder and the bard again, there's so many different ways you can actually build them that it's honestly a little overwhelming. <laughs> And this is where, honestly, where they get like, uh, what do I do? I can have them have dragon spit. I can give them celestial eyes. I can make them good at astrology. I can give them arcane tattoos that give them certain spells. There's a ton of stuff in here that I don't even remember all of them, what they mean. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I went ahead and chose celestial lore. Um, Again, mainly just because of the character I'm trying to mm-hmm. recreate here.
1: You were raised with an asim oh yeah because you picked an Mm Azimar, you have access to Azimar ancestry feats Mm -hmm. uh there's also um i think i don't yeah there's human ancestry feats there's your asimar ancestry feats just picking a completely different race would make this list totally different yeah okay uh an ancestry feat yeah you get an ancestry feat every four levels you can pick lower ones if you want higher um or the ones of the specific level really just depends Class feats um, depends on the class. In this case, you will be picking a muse. You have the enigma, the maestro, the polymath, and the warrior. It just yeah, depends on what that. kind.
0: Of... What does this mean exactly? It's it's
1: the kind of bard you want to be essentially. So enigma, yeah. it's essentially. Uh, so you're as a bard, you are a musician. As a musician, you have your muse, the person you look to, the thing that kind of gives you your drive, your musical drive. So there's a, the enigma, which is. Your muse is a mystery, driving you to uncover hidden secrets of the multiverse. The maestro says, I'll I'll try not to click on anything to change it, but says, your muse is a virtuoso, inspiring you to great heights. So like the enigma is like, there's some mystery out there in the world that drives you. Maestro, there's some person who's so good at their stuff that makes you want to do stuff. Your muse is a jack of all trades for the polymath and the warrior is the battlefield is your stage. And these are the different kinds of ways you can pick things to go. And as you can see, um, by clicking on warrior, you got two free feats just from Mm -hmm. that. Courtly graces and martial performance. Yeah, it makes me
0: uh, um, proficient with all martial weapons. Mm -hmm. Which is
1: actually that is really cool. So yeah, I guess. okay, I guess in that sense, you can play a bard it's a little bit more of a fight. Okay. um, Yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot of different feats. You have class feats, skill. You have class feats and skill feats. You have your general feats, which you get at odd levels, and every fifth level, and in leveling up, you get to pick a a skill and ability increase. I don't remember how much of each. Um, as I mentioned before, different things go up with. uh, Yeah, I already mentioned that. How when you're proficient with something, obviously, like you're proficient with martial weapons, that means every level you get, you get another plus one to hit, which means. The monsters also get higher AC, which so you get like ridiculous monsters that have a 40 AC. But if you're level like 15 or something like that, that that'd be that big of a deal because you hit at plus 20. (laughs) Nice, nice. It does mean it does mean you have ridiculous numbers. Let's face it, rolling a, as we've, as we found out in Terra Invicta, plus 30, uh, no, hit 30 has become a mantra. (laughs) (laughs) So we, we like those big numbers at the same time. It's nice to roll big numbers um gear we won't uh go ahead and just give yourself a uh just like a let's let's see i don't want to worry too much about gear. technically you start off with 15 gold technically you start off with 15 gold to get from the get-go um and you would pick your spells but that's good i i'd like i said i'd originally planned for a uh martial paladin (laughs) so spell selection is its own beast um if you go over to spells you can see you would get a selection of five cantrips Yep, um, yep. two first levels, and then a Muse spell. You would also get access to a Focus spell, and this is where the Bard stuff comes in, where you get um, Inspire Courage, which is your Bardic Inspiration. It gives you plus... It gives another creature plus one to... You and your ally... Oh, you and your allies in the area gain a plus one status bonus to attack rolls, damage rolls, and saves against fear effects. So that is your basic Bardic Inspiration. You also have a Counter Performance, which you can use as a reaction uh, to... Uh, to essentially give uh, I'll just read this out loud. Your performance protects you and your allies. Roll a performance check for a type you know. An auditory p- for a type you know. An auditory performance if the trigger was auditory. A visual one if visual trigger. Essentially you're distracting people <laughs> so they don't notice something. You and your allies in your area can use the better roll be- re- better result between uh, between your performance check and your saving throw. So it's a way to make people better at uh, against the saving throw. So from the sounds of it. Oh, and then Nope, you don't have rituals. Never mind. But focus cantrips. Uh, um, no. What's the one I'm looking for? Uh, compositions are what the 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 bard has, and they're kind of how you get the idea of your music infusing people with different things. So, bards are generally a bit more uh, a bit more supporty with your compositions. I can't list them off the top of my head because I haven't gotten very far with bards, but that is the general direction they want to go. But if you want to give yourself just for for the sake of a uh, demo later, uh, basic just a weapon, and I don't know if you have proficiency with sh- I don't know if you have a shield or if you have proficiency with shields. Let's double check. No you do? Let's see. I said no idea. Let's check. So one thing, uh, one thing in here we can go to. So if we go to and under weapons, if we click Add Weapon, you can just sort by proficient, and it will give you all the different weapons you are proficient with. So you said you wanted a long sword.
0: Um, yep. Oh, you are, wait, wait you're
1: proficient with long sword.
0: What what do you do? What did you say? Sorry, oh, sorry. Um. High. So
1: you see you see in the middle uh, the the middle part of the screen where it shows all your stats and your proficiencies, uh, and everything. See, yeah, you see where it says weapons. No, I,
0: I'm on that. Yeah, so okay. I, I just found the if you thing click that says if you click
1: add weapon. Yeah, sorry. OK, if you go there, click proficient, you can scroll down and you can see there is, in fact, a long sword. You can go ahead and give yourself one of those. I'm not I'm just not worrying too much about gear right now because it's gear is gear. You get gold, you buy stuff. We'll go ahead and give you that. Yeah. And let's go over to defense. Let's see what you're proficient in in terms of defense. Not oh. Actually. Oh wait, maybe that. I forget. I don't actually know. I don't think shield proficiency is much of a thing. Let's just give you a simple buckler. Wait, no. This is armor. Oh, shield! There we go. Um, uh, I forget the name of the basic shield. It's not bunker. One of the, one thing too. All all of the items have levels, so it's not just you have an item. Oh, it's a oh. What was the what's some examples of item levels? There's like rare, um, legendary stuff like that. Each item just has a level, which means if you are of that level. It is okay for you to have this item. It is not going to break the rules. So, for example, level zero item, anyone can have. Level one, level two. It's pretty basic. So, wooden shield, just give you a wooden shield, sure. Um, Dex cap. Oh wait, maybe not. Wait, no, that's something else. Uh, Change. Let's just give you leather armor. I'm. I. I did not think about. I did not think about armor and weapons too much. <laughs> So that is the basics of building a character. Cool. That's it. Uh, there's a, obviously a lot of different kinds of customization than you find in Five E. Uh, a lot of things we kind of skipped over just because it's
0: it's yeah, a lot. Lots of fiddly choosing of things. Yeah,
1: there's a lot of it. Honestly, it's so it's fun just to kind of scroll through the different options you have and see the weird things. One of my favorite examples of a cool thing, you of a fun thing, is there is a skill. Uh, with poppets that lets you essentially you don't take fall damage it doesn't really do anything like mechanically but i just love the idea of a poppet jumping off of a building landing on the ground face first and then continuing to fight (laughs) i just love that idea and i want to use that if i ever get the chance okay that's the basics of building a character uh we won't jump over to foundry quite yet but now kind of I'll talk about some of the differences in actual gameplay obviously role playing is role playing pretty much the same we wouldn't we yep. wouldn't handle that too much different there are some differences minorly um one of them being is there are pre-existing kind of templates for DCs uh so if you have a if you're going against a creature of a specific level it's going to generally have a DC of this or that mm-hmm. And it's kind of nice to have that um, because that means if you don't know, if you just have a random NPC and you're like, uh, what level will approximately be this? Okay, this is going to be the DC. Sure, sure. It's super nice. Um, another thing, which granted, you could implement in d d 5e, it wouldn't be a problem. It's just something that is actually in the rules for Pathfinder is secret rolls. Secret rolls are great. That means if someone needs to roll perception to notice something, they don't roll you roll it. Granted, I think like for some players it's not a problem. Um for us, if we were rolling it publicly, we're good enough role players that we won't let that affect our playing at all. But sometimes it's kind of just fun to not know exactly why things happen the way they are. Just like the oh, it's just let's roll for you. You don't know exactly what happened and it it's kind of fun especially for death rolls of obviously death saving throws. Um it's it's just something I like. I like secret roles. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd mention this, but there are some feats that can add to role playing. They don't necessarily change combat; they just change how your character would play. Um, I uh, I have an example on. Oh, for example, you can have a. There's certain feats that just give you an animal companion. That's just fun. <laughs> Actually, that does change how they play a little bit because animal companions have specific things they can do. Anyway, the there is one other change that, that hopefully this is what this is the thing that will hopefully get changed with the um the remaster. Is there something called a recall knowledge check? It's messy. It's confusing. <laughs> a lot of times I've looked it up. I'm just even right now trying to remember what a recall knowledge check does. It is. It's what it sounds like. You're trying to recall knowledge on a specific thing. And it's one thing that just kind of. Needs a little bit of clarification because it's kind of confusing, and I honestly just thinking about it off the top of my head. Can't remember exactly how it works. <laughs> that is one thing about being a more of a rules heavy system is when you have those things that kind of are clunky, you don't know what to do with them. Uh the basic idea is you roll to see what you know about them. And they are secret roles. So you're like, hey, what do I know about this? DM roles? You don't know anything. Or and you don't know why you don't know anything. Yeah. Okay. I'm I feel like I'm a bit rambly and I'm getting a little tired. Okay. So let's <laughs> let's go. Gameplay-wise, outside of role playing. And actually, no. This would happen in role playing too. This is one thing I also just love about Pathfinder: is crits are completely different. Crits are not based off of if you roll a twenty or if you roll a one. They are they are based off of the DC of the roll. Say, for example, you have a DC. Uh, no, let's go. Let's go AC. Let's say you're hitting against a creature with an AC of seventeen. If you want to crit the creature, you can roll a twenty. But if you roll a nineteen and have a plus eight to hit, and you roll a twenty-seven. That's a crit. If you go ten above an AC, a DC, AC, that's a crit. If you go ten below, that's a crit fail. And this system is awesome in my opinion. Oh, if you do roll a twenty, and also if you do roll a twenty, that increases your success rate. So you have, you have critically failure. You have critical fail, fail, success, critical success. So if you, for example, rolled a failure, but you rolled so. Say, for example, you rolled a natural 20, but the AC was a 30. That's a crit fail. But since you rolled a natural 20, it brings it up one, which makes it just a fail. If the AC, if the if the DC was 25 and you rolled a 20, just end with the way bonuses work, that's still a crit fail. That that that's and that would be a failure. It bumps it up now to a success. Am I making sense? I feel like I'm rambling I a little bit. I think so. I think so. So basically. If you, if you roll 10 above, that's a critical success. You roll 10 below, that's critical fail. But if you roll a 20 or a one, that brings the success either up one or down one. Mm -hmm. So if you roll a natural 20 and it would be a failure, it makes it a success. If you roll a natural one, but you still would have had a success, it does make it a failure. It does mean you have those situations where someone rolls a natural 20 against an, uh, rolls a natural 20 against an opponent that does not mean anything necessarily. If there are, if that opponent is high enough level, it might still miss. It might just bring the crit fail up to a fail, which might still be important, but it makes things. So you can't just have a random monster. That's really high level. Just get screwed over because of the roll of the dice. Mm -hmm. The levels actually mean something. If you were going against a very high level opponent, that's,
0: that's still dangerous. That's very dangerous mechanically. Yeah. It, one one thing that seems interesting here is that, um, I and this is something I've always found interesting, funny with D and D is that a lot of times D at least fifth edition and possible different edition you know we're taking different editions, mm-hmm. uh, they have to be evaluated separately. Um, but uh, a lot of times there there are a lot of things that like are culturally in the homebrew mind of everyone, but don't aren't actually written down anywhere uh mm-hmm. right some people like they they we all assume that things work a certain way but i always appreciate when games just write mm-hmm. it out for you it's like this is what happens when you do this and and actually taking into account like um yeah what what does a crit success mean when you're fighting a god okay well it might, it might mean you miss that that's that's okay i mean you there's also the like just say no uh rule mm-hmm. which which you could just do just be like no you can't like you you just miss you can just say mm-hmm. it and not have them roll but but i like the granularity of that it seems like it would be it'd be fun well it means it means two things it
1: means one going against a harder boss is a lot harder it also means going against weaklings oh you're going to be creating them every day because yeah. yeah why wouldn't you why mm-hmm. would you getting swarmed by a bunch of low-level npcs be a challenge it wouldn't be mm-hmm. but because of the way D D works if you get swarmed by a bunch of low-level things and they get just lucky crits, you're dead. <laughs> That's yep. not gonna happen because your AC increases with your level. If they're rolling natural 20s, and which brings up their to hit like to a 23, but your ACs
0: a 35, they're not touching you. Yeah, 3.5 3. originally had a rule and we never played with this rule when we were playing 3.5, just because we like the whole 20 means you're just amazing. Um, but they had <laughs> a thing, it was, you had to confirm criticals, right? So you rolled a 20, and it it was always going to be a hit no matter what. Um you you hit no matter what, but you have to roll again and if that attack still if the if the what you rolled still hit their AC, then it was a critical success. If you didn't hit their AC with that second roll, then it was just a regular success and not like a a critical hit. And, so yeah, there it's it's, fun, it's it's cool to keep in mind uh the, because that's that's what that situation that's what that those sorts of rules are there for is when you um happen to crit on a uh on a very strong opponent um but what what a crit means in D, right is mm-hmm. you do double the damage and so that it's you know that's it's, it's sort of a weird situation where you're like the only time i ever get a hit on this opponent is when i get a 20 but that i means that i do super bet way better than i should on mm-hmm. that hit so yeah it, it's nice it, to be actually take take that into account and you still do have that in pathfinder it, it does do a yeah,
1: little sure. differently um instead of actually the way they have it you can do it either way technically i don't mathematically i don't know which way is better but pathfinder what you do is you roll instead of rolling the dice twice you roll the dice once add the modifier and then double it which means you are getting your modifier twice Mm -hmm. technically i think that gives you generally better damage i understand the desire to to roll more dice though yeah
0: yeah, i completely yeah. i get that like i'm like i want to roll more clacky things <laughs> yeah three three 3.5 it was you do both you, you get to oh, you roll the dice and do the damage or do the bonuses the, again the thing is too it also counts for
1: spells if you roll a crit if if someone like for example crit fails on a spell save they take double damage if they create succeed on it they take no damage yeah if they fail they take half damage. On
0: success, they right well, no, successful. That have, to have a, it it scales I, the same way with that. That seems that seems like a helpful thing for the type of players who are going to be playing this because um again, as I was saying, a lot of people um there's this culture around the die the d20 mm-hmm. but not a whole lot of guidance as to everyone just assumes 20 means you can do whatever one means you fail miserably and die mm-hmm. right but that like actually having rules that like decipher for the players in advance like what does it actually mean in this situation when you roll it a 20 That that's helpful
1: there's also something i'm blanking on what it means off the top of my head but there's uh I'm, i can't remember what it is i should have looked this up but there is a certain s- spell there's a certain tag which means that essentially if the creature is twice your level it can't even touch it no matter what you roll and if you are half their level and they use it on you you can't escape from it no matter what I'm blanking on what that is off the top of my head but those are scary things
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. okay um yeah so I'm curious about combat then Um, yes actually and that's the next thing yeah. Um we won't jump
1: into foundry quite yet. Um just sure, because I feel like there's still a lot of explanation. So, combat yeah, yeah, is we'd... different combat is different too in the sense that combat is very different.
0: Mm-hmm. I from what I have looked up from with Pathfinder that seemed like mm-hmm. the most different to me, yeah.
1: Pathfinder has what's called the three action economy. This is one thing that actually honestly I heard a very good argument for why the three action economy is actually a bit simpler. Essentially, you have three actions a turn and you you have three actions and a reaction every turn. You can use your action to attack. You can use it to move. You can use it to cast the spells. As long as you have actions, you can do them. As long as you have actions and certain traits don't prevent you from using an action more than once per turn, which I think there's like one or two, you can do it. You can move three times. You can attack three times. It really is just up to you. Now, we'll get into why attacking three times is not great.
0: But um, yes, I noticed on my uh, character sheet and path builder here that yes. it's giving me minuses the more I attack. yes, yeah.
1: We'll we'll get into that. And here here's the one thing I was listening to something day, a guy talking about Pathfinder, and he brought up a very good point: how when you really break it down, the action bonus action system in D and D kind of is confusing and doesn't make a lot of sense. And here's here's the argument he made, and honestly, is once he made it, I'm like, wow, that makes sense. That that that's true. So, for example, my character Vren that I'm going to be playing soon. If I wanted to, he has uh, he's a sorcerer who can um, who has a the meta magic, a uh, quicken spell. Mm-hmm. If he wanted to, now the way path the way D and D works, you. Oh, you can cast a spell. You can cast a spell as your bonus action, as long as it's a cantrip, and the uh, if the other one was a level no, spell. Yeah,
0: there aren't there aren't any bonus action cantrips. You can cast two spells as long as one of them doesn't take up a spell slot. That's the simplest way to describe that rule. Oh,
1: I'm trying to remember. He he said it differently. I'm trying to remember. But essentially, what he says is, given the way the rules work, if a sorcerer wanted to, he could quicken. He could quicken a fireball. And bonus, he could quicken a fireball and and cast a firebolt, but he can't quicken a firebolt and cast fireball. Yeah, which is like, but why? (laughs) It seems very convoluted.
0: In this, because it's because the the actual ruling is you can't cast um, more than one spell that spends a spell slot. Mm -hmm. That's like the actual. Which, yeah, might not, and, and I think you could probably come up with some sort of reason mm-hmm. for a DD, like, where uh, cantrips just take less time to cast, or whatever, but yeah, I don't know. But, as opposed to this, or this, a spell, an action, is an
1: action. You just yep. use it. Um, mm-hmm. a lot of spells, to, you to combat this, to make sure it's not broken, a lot of spells cost two actions, mm-hmm. just to make sure you're not casting but there are certain spells that cast one action. One thing I really love, and I wish they used this more, is heal, for example. If you use one action, it's a touch spell. If you use two actions for it, it's a reach spell, and if you use three actions, it's AoE. I think that's sick. I wish cool. they did more of it. I think there's like magic missiles the only other thing that uses it and I think it's honestly a shame because it's so cool. Yeah, I wish yeah. more things did that. That's fun. Um, but so, getting to um what you can use your actions for. Like I said, you can move and you you can use spells and you can attack. There's a thing in Pathfinder. Anyone can attack as many times as they want. Some people are just better at it than others. Uh, there's a thing called the multiple attack penalty. Essentially, in very basic terms, this there are some exceptions to this with agile weapons and whatnot. But generally, your first attack is at your normal attack bonus. The second time you attack, it's at minus 5. And the third time you attack, it's at minus 10. It means if you really need to attack, you can try to hit them at minus 10. It's going to be difficult. But you can try. There are certain ways ways to use your actions better, essentially. But if you just really need this person to die, you can try and attack. I mean, it makes sense. Essentially, you're just like swinging your sword a whole bunch of times. The third time is going to be really hard because at that point, you're just flailing. Yeah. But the thing about this system is it forces strategy. You got it. That is one thing. Like, I've actually heard people say online, like, you can go the same exact fight, the same exact battle. One time you're going to get cooked because you didn't think through it very well. Second time you can actually strategize and it's a cakewalk because taking things into account, actually using things to advantage. One thing I forgot to mention earlier is one thing that's said a lot by the uh, this YouTuber called the Rules Lawyer is every plus in, in Pathfinder, every plus one matters because every plus one you get. That's pretty is, much always been the case. Yeah, is closer to a crit because well, specifically because of the way the crit system mm. works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every plus one you get Is essentially a five percent increased chance of a crit sure sure which means every minus one you get is um what was it oh dang it it okay i'm remembering it now ac and pathfinder is not about not getting hit it's about not getting crit is Mm -hmm. what one way i had heard it put um so fight like for example fighters are really good at hitting things so fighters are going to be ones that attack a lot bards maybe not so much they can hit, attack once and use a composition spell or sustain a spell um ah, start to get tired <laughs> mm. <laughs> um but on that note also too um like for example we let's let's jump over to your spells real quick like i mentioned you have in under your focus spells the inspire courage that is only one action you can do it for turn for free so essentially you could on your turn move Attack and do an inspire courage, which gives everyone a plus one to attack, plus one to damage rolls, and saves against fear effects. So that plus one, sure, it's not amazing in when in D and D terms when we're thinking about it. But for that fighter, that might be all he needs to get a crit. Um, and there are, there are ways to there's are ways to get your advantages. There are ways to get your disadvantages. Uh, for ex- there's there's three types of bonuses, and they can't stack. So there's circumstance bonuses, item bonuses, and status bonuses. Circumstance bonuses are what you get from like, for it's it makes sense. It's the circumstance you're in. Are you raising your shield? That gives you a plus two to AC. Is the enemy you're going against flat-footed or off-guard, I think, is now the new term for it. They get a minus two to AC. That's what you get for flanking now. Flanking is a official rule. It's no longer just something we pull out of our butt and say we want to use. Item bonus would be, for example, the specific the specific item you have. Is it a magic sword? Then maybe it has plus two bonus to hit. And then status bonuses are what you get from spells. So, for example, like the Inspire Courage, that gives everyone a plus one status bonus. Now, yes, there's all these different bonuses you got to keep track of, but the important thing is, is they don't stack. You get one circumstance bonus, you get one item bonus, you get one status bonus. You can also have one circumstance penalty, item penalty, and status penalty, but I haven't run to the point where it's actually a problem yet, but... I know, like, some some people have complained, like, oh, you got to keep track of all these things. Like, there's just three, really. And most of them aren't changing too often. Usually your item bonus is just your item bonus. It's what your sword is good at. You don't have to... It's not changing very often. The one thing that's changing sometimes is your circus bonus and your status bonus. And even then, like, those are pretty easy to keep track of. Like, are they flat-footed? No? Okay. (laughs) Um... Wakey, wake, Seth. We have a little bit longer to go. <laughs> just a little bit. Uh, let's see. Let's talk about my notes. So we talked about attacks. We talked about spell saves. Have to know, damn it. Um, uh, it like I said, uh, and like I said, with with these bonuses due to leveling, you can steamroll lower things. Can't do yep. anything to higher things. Uh, oh, two more things I have, and then we might just kind of forget Foundry because it's getting yeah, late. No, it's fine. um So one thing that is <laughs> that's a little scary about Pathfinder is death is deadly mm. um it's not like it is not like d you do not have the um groundhogs where people are just going up and down and up and down and up and yeah, down and up yeah. and down. that can't happen um when you go down, you get uh you get what's called the you get two conditions one is dying and one is wounded no, no, you get the dying condition and as soon as you reach dying four, you're dead. I can't remember exactly how you get there off the top of my head. It is 10 p.m. my time. Uh that's not important. The thing is when you come up, say you come up from dying one, you now become wounded one. Mm. If you go down again, you immediately go to dying two. Your mm-hmm. dying in goes you you reach a dying condition of your wounded level plus 1. That means if you're at
0: wounded 3, if you go down again, you're dead. You, now there are ways around it. So, so then here here's here's a question then. So um, I'm assuming this is how it works. So let's say you, you did exactly as you described. Um, you're you're dying one. You come back up. You're wounded one. You go down. You're dying two. You get back up again. You're wounded. You're wounded two. Yes. Right. So your yes. wounded is just equal to your dying when you come back up. But then the reverse when you go from wounded to dying, it adds one to it.
1: I, I'm I'm, so that's, I'm tri- I think
0: well when you that, go that down seems in, to make sense to me but
1: I think it's 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 something like that. I think your dying can go up mm-hmm. and down. Like you can go all the way to dying. If you go to go down and go to dying one, you can go all the way to dying four without going back up. I think essentially what it is is We're when you know, go, course, yeah. when you go down again, you're still wounded one. So when you come up again, you go to wounded two. And so right, it's every right. time you go down, you your your wounded number increases. And then when you go down every, no, every time you go, every time you come up. Your wounded number increases, and every time you go down, your dying number goes up. Your dying number is equal to the amount of wounded you are plus one.
0: It's a lot simpler than sound than I'm explaining it right now. I promise. Yeah, let me let me look. I'm looking at the rule here. See, so anytime you lose the dying condition, you gain the wounded one wound condition, or increase your wounded condition by value. But yeah, it's exactly as I described. Okay, it's just I, every time you go back and forth, it's mm-hmm. just yeah.
1: There are ways to lose the wounded condition. If someone does battle, if someone does treat wounds on you, it goes away. The only way to do that in combat, though, is with battle medicine. And once it happens to you, you're immune to it for an hour. So you really don't want to be going down a lot. If you go down a bunch like we have in our campaigns, you're
0: dead. I mean, that's just how you play fifth edition, right? Is that Mm -hmm. that's how you have to do Mm -hmm. it because that's the way the rules work. But yeah. Mm
1: -hmm. And honestly, I think this this makes it a little more intense because
0: it's not the kind of thing like, oh, whatever. We'll just deal. I'm like, "No, you can't." So Seth, down. what you're saying is what you're saying is it's making it a little bit more like um, burning wheel? <laughs> <laughs> no, cuz this is fun. Oh, that's kidding. <gasps> <gasps> I just Next week we're doing Seth learns how to play Burning Wheel. <laughs> I've played it once. <sighs> yeah. Well, um but I think I just I I just really
1: like this. No, yeah, this I sounds think really it's fun. fun. Yeah. Oh, I did not talk about monsters. I, mm-hmm. We won't won't go into too much, but um, yeah, let's talk a little bit about it. One one more thing, one more thing about yeah. combat. We'll get in, and then we'll get into that. Yeah, um, yeah. Last thing is, as we've mentioned, there's nothing like advantage or disadvantage in this system. There are mm-hmm. very rare occasions where it comes just up. lots but of generally... bonuses. <laughs> generally, you're just going with bonus, yeah, which arguably yeah. are better. That's that's always been the difference between
0: Pathfinder and and, mm-hmm. when, and Fifth Edition when they split off. So
1: yeah. one situation where they kind of pop up is hero points. Generally, what the rule is is you start the game with one hero point, and you're supposed to the DM's supposed to give one out like every hour or so, depend or like when someone does something really cool. So Honestly, I but yeah, it's, it's kind of like cumulative. inspiration, it's yeah.
0: but you can have up to three hero points. Okay. And I'm blanking essentially, you can uh, use it, so it's fate points in um, not in Burnet Wheel, but in uh, Fate, the Evil Hats game. Uh, no it's not either
1: not <laughs> quite um let me yeah. let me look up exactly but essentially you can use it to stabilize you can sure. use it to re-roll a roll some people use it like advantage where essentially like you can't roll lower sure but it's the one situation where they kind of pop up let's see hero points you can spend a hero point to re-roll a check you must use a second roll this is straight from our mm-hmm. or you can spend all your hero points to avoid death you can do this when your dying condition would increase you lose the dying condition entirely and stabilize with zero hit points so essentially it's a way to save your butt from completely and totally dying. Mm-hmm. And generally they're handed out when you do heroic deeds or something cool happens. It's This is one of those things where, and here's the thing, Pathfinder, like any other game, you can kind of just, if you if you want to do some home, like, if you want to do some homebrew rules, or well, no, house rules, you can do it. If nothing's really stopping yeah, you. So if there's if, there's if we were reporting like,
0: Terra Invictus straight over to Pathfinder in this moment, we would say whenever you describe something in your backstory, you get a hero point. Yeah. yeah, it was something that kind of like that. You can do yeah. that. It's really just up to what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's that's the
1: thing with hero points. They're fun. I should use them more often per, in my own games. But real quick, let's talk about monsters. So the nice thing about monsters is, like, just like everything and that I've kind of described so far, everything has a le- lots of things just have levels. And same thing with monsters. Mm-hmm. Monsters have levels. And the general rule is, um. Uh, let me pull this up. Uh, arc PF2 encounter, bu- encounter building. <laughs> Trying to remember this off the top of my head. This was not in my note. Building encounters. So the general rule is um, something at the part, a creature at the party level is worth 40 experience points, plus 160, plus 280. And then backwards, you also have. Party level minus one is 30, then 20, 15, 10. And those are just pretty standard. You have a monster. It's at this level. The party's at this level. This is how much it's worth. And this is assuming a party level of four people, I believe. I believe. Um, Sorry. Brain farted Maybe. for a second. Um, And what you do is then you just have an XP budget. If you if something's supposed to be a moderate encounter, it's eighty. If something's supposed to be severe, it's one hundred twenty. Low sixty, trivial forty. You just add up the numbers until you get the kind of encounter you want, and that's your encounter. Which is yeah. honestly super fun because it means if my if I'm hanging out with my nephews and they're like, hey, want to just throw some monsters at you? I just pick some some random stuff. Here's your encounter. It's super yeah. simple. I don't have to worry about things breaking because the system D- is D and D's encounters are broken. Yeah, very, very busted. Broken. Yeah, and that's what—that's honestly the, sim- the nice thing about this. If I want to just build a simple encounter, I don't have to worry about it because the system is. And that's the—that's the plus and minus to it. With Pathfinder, you have a system that is very stable. You are not and going to stable. rock the boat. Yeah. You are not going to ascend to godhood at level three.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But that does mean you're not going you to ascend that to godhood at car- ca- level, level three. Level three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> so yep, yep. Mm-hmm. There is that like you don't get as much of that power fantasy where you get to be broken. Adeline was busted. I loved her. I would not be able to play Adeline the way I played her in Pathfinder. But at the same time, it's also just, I'm not constantly wondering, is this going to be a TPK session? Mm -mm. If if you built it as a TPK session, yes, it will be. But if you didn't, you don't have to
0: worry about that as much. I mean, to be fair, let's let's think about all of the games we've done in 5th edition. Mm -hmm. I don't think we've ever had a TPK. There's never been a point we've had.
1: Adeline was in in a TPK. We got out of it because of some BS we pulled, but there was a, it was a TPK.
0: Okay, it was like one time, literally one time. No, but but
1: I guess my yeah. point is more so you don't Not have those
0: you don't have those sessions where it's like
1: this was supposed to be hard, but you guys steamrolled it, or this was supposed to be easy, but you
0: guys got a bunch of bad bad six Except and it could be because you had you did describe earlier that it has to do with strategy if you're bad at mm-hmm. strategy you'll get steamrolled if you that is true it, right yeah uh, i i don't know yeah th- i can see some give and take here like mm-hmm. i i would have to feel out that part of it the 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 thing i am wondering about because of combat being the way it is in a game like pathfinder or like Dungeons and dragons um i wonder if making it too stable is going to be a flaw because if it's too stable, then it's boring, right? And
1: that's where I think it comes with experience, because anything can be yeah. boring. Any, yeah, yeah. You can have boring D&D encounters at high level. You can mm-hmm. have, because mm-hmm. we've had we've had ones where it's like the, wow, this was easy. <laughs> or we've had right. ones where of like the, or we've had really hard ones that were supposed to be, that were the ones that were yeah, supposed I guess, to be easy, they were really if hard. It's,
0: if it's stable, and that means all I have to do to make it Challenging is constantly make deadly, you know, the equivalent of deadly encounters. Mm -hmm. Instead of doing what it suggests to do, then that's fine, I guess. Yeah, as long as I know where that line is.
1: Because of the way, because of the way your characters level and how they constantly get increases per level, and because that's a nice thing too, is if you want, if you have a creature you really like, but it's too strong for your characters, you can put on what's called the weak tag, which takes a minus two to every stat, which takes minus two to everything, and makes the character, it makes it a lot easier and then and then they steamroll your really cool monster because they it started to do its little dance and and they they killed it, but they still had fun, so it didn't matter. <laughs> that may or may not have happened in the session of mine,
0: <laughs> But yeah, it's, yeah no, I mean this this seems really fun. i i'm I'm really enjoying this, like, I, as i've said before my, my main hesitancy in in the first place with with this was just that we've been doing fifth edition for so mm-hmm. long and i bought so many things on roll 20 mm-hmm. <laughs> and so on and so forth like so if we can get more mileage out of fifth edition then then yeah. we might still stick with that but i i have i have no reservations at this point point. and that
1: can, actually real quick let's just jump over to foundry real fun. quick just so i can show it to you because yep. honestly it, granted this is like a professional built module yeah so it's like
0: not like what is typical of it, but yes, I, all I, this... I'll, I'll, warn you right now. I'm never switching to foundry. I, if I've, I've looked it up before. It's, it's way too like, I, I, I need easy, convenient, <laughs> not, uh, you can customize convenient. every little talking? fiddly. <laughs> it is honestly, okay. Granted, I've used pre-made modules, but this honestly is pretty simple, yeah, but what, I, break it down. I would never use pre-made module. <laughs> that's just not what I do. <laughs> well, I mean, like, this this I I don't know I just like this little feature like you
1: see you see the little candle there it's flickering that's cool <laughs> you can just add a light and it just works uh, granted I've only used well, I was gonna say I don't know how how simple this is just going off of your own homemade stuff I haven't done that I haven't had a chance to do that yep. but just Foundry is
0: it's simple to use in my opinion no, yeah and I, 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 I the, know I know it works for some people but I'm at this point I've sunk it, maybe it's sunk cost fallacy but I'm in I'm in roll twenty at this point. <laughs> I I like powder. It's fun. Yeah, no. It's but I also d- like I also
1: have not gotten much chance to use it because my main game I play is in person. So yeah, yeah. I just like uh, the monsters. Huh?
0: Monsters. Tell we talked about monsters. about monsters a little bit. Did we? What about what about uh, monsters? Yeah, we talked about how everything has a level. Oh, you did. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. I I we got onto the conversation about encounters and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I for some reason my brain wasn't making the connect that oh course that's what we were talking about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're right. You're right. You're right. Of course. Any any other questions about the system or whatnot or no no that that makes sense to me um honestly like when you said three action economy before when you were talking to me about this I was very confused but Mm -hmm. three action as in saying like all actions are the same they're just actions actions are actions then that makes that makes sense
1: there's like certain uh, there's I don't remember what the trait is but there's like a certain trait like like a a certain if a certain action has this trait it means you can only use one per turn there's certain things like that. But generally, like, an action is an action. If I want to move three times per turn, I can just move three times. If I want to move twice and attack, I can do that. If I want to raise a shield, if I want to demoralize, raise a shield, and no, demoralize, attack, then raise my shield, I can do that. There's, We won't get into all the different kinds of actions there are because there's a ton. <laughs> yeah. But you can do lots of things with your actions. Now, granted, that does lead to the what some people have dubbed the third action problem, where you'll find a spell... where you have a spellcaster. They cast a two-action spell and then go, well, what do what I do with do I my do third action? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't know the answer to that yet. I, I get to play very... I'm playing Pathfinder this Saturday with some friends. This is the first time I've played in a couple weeks. <laughs> and before that was a couple months. <laughs> but that's... that's See, but as we all know, Caleb, that's a true villain in any ttrpg scheduling scheduling don't i know it (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah because like when's the next time we're gonna play i don't Uh, know
0: yeah i mean that's mainly my fault but yeah
1: i know but like
0: Still, yep, yep.
1: who knows when they're gonna get to play next.
0: Yep, yep. No, I I really in, enjoy this. I, I definitely interested in looking at the different options and 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 fiddling yeah. around with that path builder. I, um I definitely
1: more. like I would definitely yeah. like to run a mini session for you no, guys.
0: No, I was gonna say, I, I honestly think for sure we should definitely do um after campaign two, or you know, if we find some sort of hiatus time in between or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. If we get to a good arc stop point for a little while. Um I, I definitely think we need to do a we're gonna have to reevaluate something, I think, mm-hmm. um, when we go from t- campaign two to three. Um, I don't know. I've had I've been having all sorts of thoughts about about this stuff, uh, trying to think if I don't know. There's so many things to think about in terms of this uh, ongoing thing we're doing here. But yeah, I think at the very least we should definitely do um, a short uh, Pathfinder. I think we should do like I, a little mini campaign of it. Um, not even. Just I have some ideas shot, right?
1: depending on yeah. how long we'd wa- of one we'd want to do. I was thinking yeah. of putting something together that was maybe like fifteen sessions going up to level five. Like do like a can't do like a level every three sessions or something like yeah, that. that I'm great. not sure. Um, yeah, because I think I mean, ways away we we, we
0: went straight from Terranolius like relatively straight from Terranolius into Terran Victor. We did some one shots, but like I I think I would like to take some time away from. Mm-hmm. Uh D &D. Terra the the Thray, the world, right? Um, and and do a couple of other things. Um, yeah, like so like uh 15 sessions of Pathfinder sounds great. You know, do a burning wheel game, do I don't know, maybe a power by the apocalypse thing, whatever we are interested in doing, kind of jumping around to uh, do a couple shorter things before we come jump back into a three, four, five year long thing, because then we'll be have some time to think about and evaluate what we Mm -hmm. actually want to do for campaign three. So if
1: if anything, so I had built a character in pathfinder 2e that if we get to play pathfinder 2e so who i want to play and i will say yeah yeah i did find a way for him to work in 5e if necessary nice
0: <laughs> <Fair> <laughs> i fun. found a fighter class i'm like okay this could make sense yeah i mean one of the I things with 5e right is that there are so much there is a, a, a lot there's a lot of third-party content too that mm-hmm. we could fiddle around with and, and take a look I, I think if we do end up with 5e i want to sit down and have a, another session, session zero, but have it be like four hours long or something and just walk through, uh, you know, however long it takes, it's fine. But like uh, walk through step-by-step, step, what do we want from Dungeons and Dragons, right? Like mm-hmm. if we're if we're second with it, what do we want to change? Like, let's do an overhaul of this. Uh, like let's like rip anything out that we don't want. And like, actually, I think like something like uh, what you sent um, where, you know, you can cast spells uh, beyond your spell slots, but you get exhaustion every time you do it. Stuff like that sounds super fun. Um, Sounds like crazy. so yeah no so so like I I think we should either way we should about eval- we should re eval- and if we do pathfinder 2e2 we should l- sit down and look at all mm-hmm. the options and and decide what we want to take and mm-hmm. leave as well so yep yep it'll be fun it'll be fun um but yeah no I I'm excited uh I, at the very least I'm I'm excited to it, play a character in this
1: it's a fun it's I'll so many like options just,
0: to to play with with making a character I I will be excited with that
1: honestly yeah. it's
0: ridiculous like like there there's
1: you can be like, oh, is it? I saw one. It was essentially a poppet tiefling and it looks so cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just the fact that you can like add tiefling, the, uh,
0: tiefling on as something to any race or as well, it on makes sense of what race. it is, right? Like yeah. being a tiefling or an azamar just means being celestial origin or and, Fiendish origin. Yeah.
1: And the fact like, that it just, it just works. Granted, it, it canonically, I think a, with how tieflings
0: work it, how tieflings exist in the three world, I don't know if it makes sense. <laughs> Yeah, and that's that's one of the things that's weird to me about switching to something like Pathfinder 2 is Mm -hmm. that we would have to reevaluate like what are the uh, uh, part of the... (laughs) Of the issue with Thray is that most of that has just been me throwing stuff at the wall and cannibalizing anything i can grab from mythology or history and just it's all a mess i i would like to reevaluate it a little bit and, I, and, I mean yeah
1: you already you already know we're gonna have one person who's playing a robot and one person who's playing an animated yes. puppet two things we have not seen in this world so far <laughs> yeah. yeah oh one concept i had sorry i'm just kind of gushing right out one character mm-hmm. concept i had for a character was if we if we ever played Pathfinder is essentially a hunter that uh has a pet cat that he uses to distract the enemy and he takes pot shots at it from afar because guns um guns have very specific traits that happen when they crit and they get de- okay i had a character in the in the Pathfinder game i play who crit on the 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 boss battle before the boss got to do his cool thing, and I'm like, No, he's still alive. I want this combat to go on longer. <laughs> I said just gave him more hit points. I'm like, no, you don't get to just crit the bad guy because you're a gunslinger and this is very deadly. <laughs> so I just kind of I just kind of like that. No, I want to at least have one more turn with this guy so he can do his cool thing, and then and then I'll let you kill him.
0: <laughs> it was that's the sort of thing I go back and forth on GMing. Yeah. Um I try I I would like to say that I'm I try to be rules as written most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um at least rules as I understand them, you mm-hmm. know, even if I, yeah. But uh yeah, sometimes it is hard to just be like they just and they just killed the thing. To to be and to be to be fair on that
1: one, I had I had balanced the encounter for four people and then one person dropped so I was already kind of like the uh, I was kind of already throwing like adding a weak trait here or something here to make it a little more challenge to make it a little more balanced. And then the gunslinger just killed the boss and like one hit. I'm like, no, this was supposed to be with four people anyway. I'm just going to get a little more hit points. Yeah. They get their cool attack off. No one's going to die anyway. And then they can feel like it was a little more. Yeah, yeah. Generally, I wouldn't do that either, but that was a situation of like the no. Well, I mean, if it's cool like attack. a one
0: shot too, it, it, yeah, that that's different too. Well, um, this was
1: more of a nightmare they were all in, which is something I'm incorporating into my games to um account for the fact that sometimes not everyone's available. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. I have there you to go. tell there you about I have to tell you about that uh, offline. Uh, so if no, any yeah. See this? They don't. I was going to remember. say it, it, it. Another episode we could do at some point would be a uh, jamming. Uh, be fun to talk about jamming. I don't get and, to and. and
1: it will well, be fun. i know, I know I but like it-
0: you have you obviously have thoughts on it so yeah oh, i've i have so many thoughts <laughs> yeah yeah anyway we could probably end it here though um yeah. it's getting late um but uh yeah no thanks seth that was really fun yeah, i i i definitely it makes a lot more sense now um now that i've thought it, that through
1: it's like so. it's like drink i will not like pathfinders like drinking through a fire hose but once you kind of <laughs> get it you can really just Take in as much well, it as sound, you it want. sounds
0: like most of the complexity is in the options not necessarily yes. the base mechanics of what's happening I mean, right we we didn't cover every mechanic <laughs> no i'm sure i'm sure yeah uh there's a
1: lot there's a lot like i i yeah. can't tell you so much about the bard because like i just i don't know yeah. every
0: class is completely different yeah anyway cool this has been idle inspiration uh we hope that you're inspired to play more role-playing games one of them might mm-hmm. be pathfinder 2e seth wants you to go check it out Go do it. Yes. Um. I know that that's. Uh. Right now there's a humble bundle. Um. Yes. On right now that has a so bunch of stuff for roll twenty. Uh. One of those is the beginner's box for Pathfinder Two E. Go ahead and pick that up and. Beginner box and
1: trouble in Otari. Yeah. I think it's trouble in Otari. Yeah.
0: All right. Thanks, man. It's Thank possible you. I have a baby tomorrow. I don't know. It's starting to accelerate. (laughs) 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 If I get a baby time. We'll see what happens. If we get a baby time message in the middle of the night, we know why. Yep. Yep. All right. That's it. Adios.